Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter Day Takes. And on today's episode, as I had said earlier, we're talking TikTok. Talking TikTok. Anyway, um, I had made references to it before. I put it out on my Instagram handle. I've basically been taking it to the current missionaries that use TikTok right now out there in the field because I don't understand it. I'm not sure I ever will. I can't imagine it is particularly fruitful. Um, and it was brought to my attention as well that they seem to be pretty in the know when it comes to trends. So you kind of wonder like how much time are they taking to look at these other TikToks to see what's out there. So you kind of, I don't know. I've got a lot of questions about the missionaries and TikTok, obviously, but it was kind of an overall sense of TikTok, social media and influencers and things like that. So I brought in a couple friends, one of which is a professor PhD at the university of Alabama. And he does a lot of research with children and media specifically, but also pretty well versed on media in general. And then also another friend, Chanel, who has a TikTok. And I thought, well, she needs to come in to defend TikTok and kind of see, you know, what the point is, I guess. But anyway, um, I think it's a pretty interesting episode. Uh, Steve had some pretty good insights into kind of the research that he's doing right now involving um, specifically moms, like mommy bloggers and how they use their children uh, in their own media. So stick around to see what you thought, think about that. Other than that, I hope you're all having a great week, and I hope you're getting up for a good weekend as usual. Um, I know I am, per usual. Uh, planning a crawfish, little uh, boil, crawfish boil from Strawberry Reservoir. So I'm li- I'm been looking forward to that because I haven't had crawfish in forever, and I remember really liking them last time I did. Anyway, everybody else, hope it's good, hope it's safe, and I'll see y'all next week. Mormons are my favorite. They're my favorite. Yeah, okay. They're absolutely my favorite. All Mormons are nutty Mormons. Mormons are the nicest cult of all time. Beautiful, and these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. (laughs) Everybody's so nice in Utah. Just being a Mormon's nutty. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. My favorite religion is Mormons. They're the nicest people. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. On today's podcast episode, I've got two people that have been on here before. Yeah, both of both of you are recurring guests now, officially. Ooh, can you uh, credits? Steve, for the second time, so you are an officially a recurring guest this episode. Yeah. Chanel, this will be your third time, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, because remember you came on. Oh my gosh! Yeah, excoriate me for being a hypocrite in relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he brought. He still brings me back. He let you come yeah. back. Yeah. Well, it's because you didn't do a good job. <laughs> I think I did a great job. No, no I mean you, you made me look good, so you did a great job in oh. that regard. But you didn't do a good job in defending your point. That's not true. So he keeps bringing so you back and hoping you actually defend your point <laughs> yeah, exactly. sometimes? That's not okay. true. Which, the reason why you're here, on that note, is the uh, you are the uh, resident TikToker, and that's what I want to talk about today, more than anything. But let me give a little overview here. Steve Holiday, Dr. Steve Holiday, if you will, is a uh, technically now a communications expert, which I think we throw around that title a little bit too willy-nilly these days, but... And he's even agreeing with me. That's a, that's a big word, expert. Yeah, expert, I agree. Okay, sure. That's Regardless. As your circle extends, I'll be your expert. Yeah, you are okay. a PhD in okay. uh, media and communication, specifically children and advertising effects on children, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so if there ever was an expert in that specific area of research, you'd be pretty damn close. All right. If not a specifically, specifically an expert. But the reason why I'm bringing you on, though, is because you're pretty well-versed in social media in general. Chanel's not well-versed in social media. She is just a participant in social media. I am a heavy user of social media. Heavy Heavy producer of social media. Um, I mean, for a millennial in my peer circle, I probably. Okay. Would you say so? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're the the only one on TikTok that I know of. Yeah, and I say that, like, (laughs) as a millennial, like, in my age group, nobody, none of our friends do TikTok. Nor even, a lot of them don't even do Instagram as much as I do. Like, don't use it or just don't do it as much as you? They use it. Like, I think they scroll through they scroll it. So they consume it. it? Yeah, they consume yeah. it, but they don't... Um, they don't yeah, post anything. Yeah. Anything. yeah. Okay. But you do. 
Yes. You do a lot regularly. Like, do you do you post your TikTok on your Instagram? Is there a crossover there? Yes, and the reason I post my TikTok on my Instagram is because my friends don't use TikTok, and I want mm. them to see. There you go. Yeah. So you have some friends that don't even have TikTok accounts or don't use TikTok? Oh, majority. That would okay. be me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exhibit A. Yeah. Yeah. We are friends, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. He called me. We are so much of friends. He calls me his um, sister. So. Yeah. Pseudo sister. Does that mean Pseudo-sister. you're friends, or does that? Family. Okay, family. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like Fast and Furious. Familia. Yeah. <laughs> Familia. Familia. Mm. Um. Gosh, I hate you that. You need your own memes. Anyway. Um. So. I like this dynamic a lot because, for one, I don't know a lot about it. I know okay about social media. Obviously, I've done research a lot in that regard. But Steve here is inundated with the research behind it. So he'll be able to kind of keep us in the loop, in the know there. And uh, Chanel can give us a little bit of, like, maybe motivations behind using it. But what's interesting here is that I didn't realize this. uh, Before you got here, Chanel, Steve was actually talking about his niece, who apparently is sort of TikTok famous. Wow. I guess does it and I guess it like happens overnight for some people. Like yeah. from like one day to the next she was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this many people are actually watch that video I posted." Do you know yeah, her I handle on there? I don't. I could probably find it out while we're talking, but um maybe maybe try that cuz I want I want to know if Chanel even know who she is. Like that'd be that'd be crazy. Cuz apparently she posted a video of her like lifting like a certain something certain weight thing. Mhm. And it blew up like it got tons of likes or views or whatever and then people in the comment section started like saying well yeah that's a that's fake that's fake so then she did something else and they're like okay fine maybe you can lift that much but what good does it do for you and then she like posted herself running because she is apparently like a nationally ranked sprinter yeah in high school or uh college independent right now she's an independent runner she's uh nationally ranked in the 100 why independent what she doesn't have a school uh she hasn't committed to a school yet she took a gap year after high school and so yeah, she's just developing and growing. Where's she looking to go? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But I know she was, um, in talking, I know that her family really liked uh, uh, North Carolina and Oregon. Uh, they looked at Alabama for a little bit and talked to the coaches there because Didn't be what you on a relay like... team, she could have been national. They could have been nationally ranked team if they added her into that really? mix. And so, yeah. Didn't BYU like win a national championship recently in track and field or something like that cross country maybe I can't remember something I don't know. one of the events within those sports you're the BYU guy yeah well, no, his family not. is though yeah they're all like huge BYU people his sister ran for BYU and is in the hall of fame yeah wow yeah. she's a uh, cross country long distance but yeah yeah so running family yeah long history of BYU <laughs> anyway so that was a little tangential but I do that a lot as you guys are aware yeah I want to, like, I, I kind of want to talk about, to, to start us off here, and this is something I posted on the Instagram handle, Latter-day Takes, so for those that are listening and aren't sure exactly what I'm talking about, you can go to at Latter-day Takes, and you'll see... I'm going to at Latter-day Takes right now. For real, Paul. Why haven't you already? That's a good question. I normally do my research before these events. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, I gotta find where my Instagram app is. Hang on. Exactly. <laughs> and... I posted a video of missionaries dancing in New York City in Manhattan. That mission, I think it's probably the New York City South mission. I'm not positive exactly. Maybe North. I don't know. But anyway, um, what I what we're seeing now is this kind of phenomenon, if you will, of a lot of missionaries posting on TikTok. These these guys were dancing on TikTok in a way of like kind of drawing attention, talking about the gospel, talking about Christ, all that stuff. And then now I'm seeing like a lot of sister missionaries posting videos singing. And obviously the goal is to find investigators and all that stuff. But I can't help myself in thinking that not only is it, that's that's a goal, but it's more like a subsidiary of being extremely self-indulgent. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. And I, I don't understand. I'm assuming it's okay. I'm, I'm assuming it's sanctioned. By uh, by their mission president. Well, missionaries but. are allowed to make ads and stuff too. To what do you mean, make uh, ads? like they can like make posts on like Craigslist to give out Facebook. Yeah, or on Facebook, they can create actual ads to like, hey, call us for like 
uh, to get a free Book of Mormon or call us to talk about Jesus or the plan of salvation or something. Post, so they actually post, and I, they must have money or something. They should post free to job gigs, like, we'll clean up your yard yeah, if you let us yeah, talk to you. They'll totally do that, too. Oh, they'll post, good. like, service opportunities, yeah. like, if you need us definitely to come less break your yard or something. In my mind. They've been doing that on Facebook for a while. Well, they've been using Facebook for this kind of stuff, I feel like, for a while. It's just changed... Um, with TikTok and Instagram. Which I think is interesting because the the dynamic, I mean, if you go back to when the church used to put Mormon ads in the in the playbills for like Book of Mormon the musical, right? That was like those are that was advertising, but it was very much church directed and church sanctioned and church controlled, right? And but that was still raised awareness and helped people to understand what the gospel was or what the church was or that it went beyond this actual musical. Um but when you put it in the hands of a whole bunch of individuals, individuals have different motivations for using social media. And so depending on social media, depending on their personality type, they're going to have different ways they want to post and different things they want to do. And so when you start posting on social media like TikTok or Instagram or something, or um, it's going to more follow their personality and their motivations more than some centralized goals or objectives of the church i think unless we don't we think there might be some guidelines around it yeah we'd hope so right at least some guidelines i'm sure but i imagine they're extremely loose they're ill-defined which is basically the same thing as being loose but also who knows how much they're monitored which is another fascinating thing to me like i can't imagine the mission presidents are looking at all these or that they have even uh office in the church that's looking at all these how would you ever they definitely don't know how to look at them yeah it just seems like the motivation for these missionaries posting is more for their own personal gain. Now, I know that's an extreme accusation than to actually spread the gospel. So that's one of the issues I have with it, which leads me to a larger issue overall, is how much of social media is self-indulgent. And I think TikTok might be... Actually, now this is where I'm going to indirectly be coming at you, I guess. Okay. <laughs> might TikTok might be like the most self-indulgent of all the social media types that I'm seeing these days. Because it's... I'm yet to see a TikTok that doesn't involve somebody, like, pointing the camera at them, for one. Like, at least Instagram, people are sharing pictures of other things sometimes. Now, for the most part, it's themselves, right? But I don't know. I don't know. Am I being too harsh here? What do we we think? And I want to hear from you first, you know? I think... I think it's both accurate... And inaccurate, yes, I think there's a lot of self-indulgent and a lot of people are, you know, posting themselves doing certain things. I mean, the big part of it is these challenges, right? So, like, you, somebody will post a TikTok challenge and then you get multiple TikToks of that same exact thing just in everybody's uh, representation of that thing. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? I have a general sense, I think. Like, for example, that da- the dance challenge I did at my birthday party, right? Like, that, right. millions of other people have done that same thing. I'm just copying that. So it's kind of, I mean, it's nonsensical, really, the reason for that, right? Except for maybe to say, like, hey, I can dance, or hey, I am doing what everybody else is doing. So there's that part of it. But then you get the same thing on Instagram where it's just people showing what they've done or their accomplishments or there's a lot of like how-to videos too there's even like how to cook something or how That's to something make Steve something brought up earlier actually yeah or like even products they found that were useful my wife sent me one that yeah. was like a pen that you scan a book with and it puts it into a word document for you and stuff yeah there's still so a like, lot of marketing that goes on like uh, in instagram you have your influencers you have the same thing on tiktok and they're gonna sell different products so why do you use it I mean, I, for one, like to dance, and I feel like it's the only place that I can express that without having to join a dance class or be a part of, like, a dance group or something like that. Um, And I know that's kind of, like, a weird reason, but it's just, like, I like to express myself in that way every once in a while. Would you say that you like expressing yourself to an audience in that way, though? Is that why you use TikTok, or is it more for you personally or privately, or um, or you like the fact that there's an audience? I mean, I don't repost all the ones I do. So some okay. of it I just do for me because I also I didn't I don't have like a big background in dance. Like I don't create my own dance content, or I'm not creating my own. What do, do you, you call have it? A background in dance. I'm just curious. I mean, in 
middle school and high school I did uh, dance team, but it was like not enough to be really proficient in dance. Mm. Like I can't come up. That's what I'm looking for. Choreography. I can't come up with my own choreography necessarily. So it's like maybe you just haven't applied yourself. Maybe, maybe I need to start a dance class. No, but I'll go on there and I'll see somebody, like, you have their dance challenges, and I'm like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to copy that and try to do it. And sometimes I just literally challenge myself and I never repost it. Does that have anything to do with whether you deem it was good or not? Um, sometimes, and then other times, no. I think sometimes, too... It's just out of laziness. Like, I'll, I'll create some content and then never post it because I got lazy. Yeah. Hmm. How many followers do you have on TikTok? Oh, not a lot. Okay. I'm not, like, tic- I'm not TikTok famous by any means. I'm just... Are here. you any social media famous? No. I'm well, just... Well, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But I am the only one... I think I'm just here because I'm the only one of our friends that uses it. Yeah, that's part of it. But not only that, but you like it. Like, you actually really like TikTok, right? I mean, for the dance portion of it, yes. I think for some, like, I've always done that. Even on YouTube, I used to go look up, like, dance videos and watch dance videos. Okay. Before TikTok was a thing. What, did, you, did you play, like, Just Dance and stuff growing up? Yeah, actually, yeah, right? Dance Dance Revolution, yeah. I used to be, like, expert level, yeah. so. Okay. Um, do you even know what Vine is? Yes, I remember Vine. Why? Why does TikTok exist and Vine basically doesn't anymore? I think Vine never stuck. Um, I think TikTok made it easier for one. I think Vine was the way you would post videos was a little bit more complicated. And I think they were like more time consuming where... Um, it was tic- time consuming to post a video. Yeah, and where TikTok kind of Because they were actually shorter of- videos. Weren't they only like seven seconds was another thing? Yeah, but it's hard to make like creative content out of it where yeah. TikTok kind of gives you all of the tools to like edit a video right there, if you will. Mm. Yeah. Like you can edit any video right from the app. How long are videos on TikTok? I honestly don't even know that. Um, <laughs> I They never... I mean, they're like... 15 to 30 seconds typically and how long can a video be on tiktok um a minute okay so instagram is trying to compete with tiktok right yes that's where they have reels that's what reels is yes gotcha so is there a reason because facebook was first right yeah but facebook is facebook now right so but Facebook can do a lot of these same things. Facebook can honestly do everything any social media And they did it all first, right? So they were the first one. So why... Yeah. So why has anybody branched off of Facebook is a fair question. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember thinking the same thing about Instagram. Instagram... Well, Instagram um, is Facebook, like 2010 right? 2010 or something like that, 2009. 11, yeah. 11. And Instagram was saying... They saw what Facebook did and they're like, hey, we're just going to make it a medium for pictures. You're kind of thinking like, well, Facebook already does that and has a timeline and all that stuff. And you can actually post more pictures on Facebook. So Instagram takes that and says, we want to make pictures mean more by limiting how they're posted. Maybe? I don't know. Um, the only difference I can remember is that Facebook started becoming very article-heavy, almost. Like, people just were posting articles or political things um things that were becoming like a lot of material like you almost go on facebook to like read articles and people will Mm -hmm. post just things that i don't really have time for whereas instagram became like kind of this quick quick drop of content right you look at something really fast shot in the arm yeah you don't have to how much time do you spend on tiktok though on tiktok yeah not as much as instagram in fact i have started I've been on Reels more lately now than TikTok because it's like I don't have to switch apps anymore. <laughs> have to switch <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very smart of Instagram, I will say that. Well, and then that. Facebook bought Instagram. Yeah. That was the one thing to me where I'm like, but I don't get it. <laughs> but I mean, I get that because like when I started using Instagram, it was more for me, I mean, my motivation using it, it's more chronicling of of my life and my children's lives as they grow up, right? And so I'll push that stuff to Facebook so those who are on Facebook can see it. But that way, I when I'm scrolling through, I I want to see people's lives and what they're doing and what they're seeing and how they're seeing the world. 
um, not not the content they're seeing. I want to see the world that they're seeing, right? And so Facebook, you get a lot of that kind of um, political content and news stories that they share or, yeah. yeah. All right, so shifting gears just a little bit here. Chanel, I don't know if you know this, but you're in the presence of... Well, it's not just you, actually. It's going to be us. All right. Yeah, okay. this is just self-indulgent as it is praising you. <laughs> With that said, Steve did engineer this whole thing. Semi-famous, because we sort of went viral within the academic world, researchers on selfies. Really? Yeah. So when Why we, don't you take more yeah. good selfies, then? I don't Ow. take selfies. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Isn't that the dig you want? Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly what I was hoping you'd do. Yeah. How dare you, for one. <laughs> It's because not that you, can I clarify? It's not that you don't take selfies, it's just that they're not like good selfies. No, 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 and let me clarify, but his my else, only selfies are good selfies. Well, <laughs> and that's why he does them, because and as we discovered when we did the research, that there are different kinds of people that take selfies, yeah. and uh. Harper falls specifically into one group of selfie taker, um, so he's self-indulgent yeah. brand building. So that's, <laughs> that was not the group I fell into. Oh, like is that not the one? And for <laughs> okay. the record, I'm pretty sure you, me, and like Rachel all fell into the same group. Yeah, the uh, communication another, group, sure. So there were five of us that weren't on this study. But anyway, we we were on the front lines. In fact, I can't remember who's it. I think we were texting about it. There were, we were all in our master's program at BYU, and we were texting. We were like, that's kind of funny. Like, what? Why would people take selfies? Rachel specifically said in the thread, that'd be kind of interesting to study. And then from there, Steve was like, you're right, we should do it. And so, like, in the summer, in between classes, he kind of pioneered this whole thing, and or engineered it. And we did a specific type of research methodology. It's called a Q-sort. What it does is identifies kind of a range of motivations that we extracted of reasons why people said they take selfies mm-hmm. from kind of collecting that off the internet yeah and then we put those reasons on note cards and we had people organize the note cards from basically ranking it from number one this is the number one reason why i take it all the way to like 47 something like that yeah because the idea behind this methodology is that you have to have one more motivation than people that take the actual survey yeah it's not vice versa yeah uh, you should have one one more motivation than the person yeah. than number so we had 47 motivations essentially and 46 people that took it I don't know why. Well, and the reason is, I mean, it's not, and we, I mean, we recognize even when we, when the media started picking up on it, it was a way to explore, and a lot of people explore motivations for everything, every kinds of social media or everything that you do in social media, and there's a lot of social science research there. Um, it was very but, foundational because there was yeah, nothing out there. On no, there was absolutely nothing back then in those days, and it rep, it identified a few basic emerging trends that research could, could build off of and be like, well, why do people people want to build brands when they take selfies or why do people want to communicate or how do they communicate and stuff like that so it allowed us to really dig into it but yeah no it um i don't know how it got out there in the world but um well we had friend we had help from a friend in our program that was well connected to boe's media like their publicists or whatever yeah the pr department and um they pushed it and it just blew up like we I'd have friends call me and be like, I was watching Today Show this morning, and they were talking about you and your research. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I, wow. I did a KSL radio interview. Um, People from South America would do newspaper interviews with us. And, yeah. And, we got interviewed on our, while we were at Texas Tech on our study. Like, it was kind of funny. And um, Steve gets pretty much the whole credit for that study. I really, like, I helped with lay out kind of the research and everything but I didn't do any of the writing <laughs> but I still put my name on the paper uh, I did name it too what did you name it? the selfie study it's kind of self-indulgent oh wow yeah. wait so then what sorry what was the winning motivator? so it's not about winning motivators but um, we had cla- we identified three classifications for people oh, okay. that take and share selfies now this is where I'm definitely going to need Steve's help but we I didn't find one is kind of like the celebrity. Yeah, which yeah. Is there like, were people that are self publicists. So those people that yeah. that's why I was kind of asking you, like, do you do it for an audience um, when it comes to TikTok? Because some people, when it comes to selfies, and for a lot of other too. I mean, even on social media use in general, um, there's a lot of people that want to have an audience or want, or are very extroverted, and that's the reason they engage in it, right? And so mm-hmm. there's this whole idea, one of them was about building your brand. Like, I want to build my brand and build my identity. I want people to see that and respond to it. So that was a really common one. Um, 
and then the other one was for communication. So I, I take yeah. selfies because it supplements communication. Which had the widest range of people. Yeah. Um, and and because it's like people that are basically just trying to keep up with the trends. Like that was me. That I don't know if that was you for sure, yeah. but that was the majority of us yeah. where we we're just kind of like, we just do it because we just want to stay somewhat relevant, I guess. Yeah. Just kind of in the know or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then um, you have the autobiographers. And that, was, are, that was and that, that falls into a lot of what I think Instagram is today is like, um, I want you to see the world through my eyes and I want to tell you the story I'm seeing and I want you to be an audience for that. Yeah. That um, might be true. That might be the majority now. What was interesting is that the autobiographers and the um, self-publicists had about the same amount of people that fell into those categories. The vast majority was... I mean, it was like you had the yeah, 66% in the middle doing celebrity... Or not celebrity, doing um, communication, yeah. communicator stuff. But it seems like TikTok is basically taking all the self-publicists and giving them their own platform. Because I would definitely classify Chanel as a self-publicist, personally, from what I know. That's not a bad thing. Now, granted, with that said, that actually does a disservice to our research, because our research did not pinpoint specific people as a category. It it only identified particular selfies as a category. So you couldn't actually say you are a self-publicist. Now, the majority of the selfies you take may be classified as self-publicist, but that doesn't yeah. mean you wouldn't have dabbled in all three. Yeah, but also I'm not very, I'm not really promoting anything, right? Like, I don't have a brand, I don't have, so I'm definitely not taking any of mine for those. Yeah. yeah. Sure, so maybe you do, maybe you are more communicator. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting a little esoteric here, <laughs> but um, does kind of seem to at least set the tone for kind of all of social media nowadays, but... But do you think there's a reason, Chanel, that, like, can you separate your motivations for for engaging in TikTok from your motivations from Instagram? Like, do you, if you do one or the other, do you do them for different reasons? Or do they all exist in the same social media world out there? Or um, does the platform matter? No, I, re- I mean, like I said, because I'm literally maybe one of the only friends we know that has a TikTok, I'm really only looking at that for myself and I want to stay relevant. I almost, like care enough about what's like going in the world going on in the world even as it pertains to social media that like i'm a part of tiktok just because like i want to be a part of it but like are people that i know really like seeing me through tiktok no yeah yeah. i'm just a part of tiktok because it interests me yeah but then instagram am i posting things more for other people to see because other people that i know are on there seeing me Mm. so it's like it is more of a motivator of other people looking at the content yeah. What would you do if you became TikTok famous? I quit my job. <laughs> okay, and then <laughs> would you do that full time? Well, I mean, you can. That's yeah. the idea, right? You get sponsors, or you start selling things, or you make ads. So you'd or whatever. sell out just like that. I mean, you call that selling out? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of you. I actually don't know the numbers on that, like what, how big you actually have to be to make a certain amount of money. But I mean, there's so there's actually I call him a personal friend. Um, he is he started out as a wedding photographer. He's the most famous TikTok person that I personally know. And what makes him famous? But... He's just uh, like millions of followers on Instagram or on TikTok. Um, anyways, but he started out as a wedding photographer, and he's actually a really good photographer. And then same, like you said, he did a couple TikToks, and they blew up overnight. And now he's, at 19 years old, he moved to L.A., bought a Tesla, and bought a house in Los Angeles. Like, that's how much money he's making off of just TikTok. And he's not doing the photography anymore. See, and... Now, you say selling out, Harper, but... Um, I mean, and some of the stuff I've looked at when it comes to social media influencers, especially if they're involved in a community, I think that's different than um, it. And I don't know enough about TikTok to understand, like, like when when there's mommy influencers um, out in out in Instagram that they they have this community of following and of followers, and they do have things that they promote, but they also are promoting this social inclusiveness and this group and this um, helping other moms become better moms or giving them the resources they need but sometimes those do include like products they're promoting and stuff and so there's a fine line but on TikTok do you see that kind of community building or is it more self-indulgent like 
if I'm engaging in it for the followers, it's more for me and... Yeah, I would say, from what I see of TikTok, it is a lot more self-indulgent. I mean, people are still, like, selling and promoting brands, but... um, and again, it's interesting too that you asked me that because right when you because uh, Instagram too does this and TikTok does this where it uh, it you know it calculates what you watch the most and so those are the videos that it brings up first mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. I watch the most like TikTok dance challenge videos so that's what it's populating on my feed sure. so if there was other stuff out there that was maybe more wholesome. I'm not actually well, if you were like a big, like, well, and you, if you were a fixer up or two, like you get a lot of those. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. So do you feel part of like is. the, uh, like the dance challenge community? Would you say you're part of a community? No. Or, no there's no interaction and engagement. No. With that I mean, there could be maybe if I wanted to, but I don't really use it for that. No. I'm actually glad you brought up with the moms, Steve. And I think you know why, because <laughs> Steve actually just published a study. I mean, this was very recent. This was in the last year, within the last year, right? Yeah, a couple of them this last year, yeah. Um, and I think this will be interesting to Chanel, who, from what I understand, is an aspiring mother, correct? Yes. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about your research. And you, you called it, uh, what was the title of it? Are you talking about the Sharenting piece? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. So, it's this idea of... Sharenting. Um, Sharenting, or the idea that we... <laughs> that we have this propensity or this what's a good word for that that's not proclivity I don't know those both seem like really yeah. um, we have a, in, we have a drive right desire. we have a desire or drive that um, when it come, when we're parents to show our children's lives on social media so the idea of sharenting is is parenting by sharing your children's lives on social media. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, you do see it every now and then that people post, like, an emoji over their baby's face, which yeah, I always thought sure. was weird. Yeah. Like, I understand why they do it, at least the line of thinking. I don't know what... Like, babies look the same to me. So <laughs> I'm not sure, like, exactly what they're pulling off. All right, anyway, sorry. But you're still showing your child's life, right? And you're showing yeah. what they're doing. Some people use an initial or a pseudonym or something, but they're still... There's still this, hey, because I'm a parent um, and my child is part of that identity, I have to, um, if I'm talking about me as a parent, I have to talk about my child as well. And so it's this weird this weird pool that parents have to play in the work on social media and, and play on social media and use social media. But more specifically, what you were able to identify was that they were part of the motivation behind sharing you know information about your children online essentially like these pictures and whatever else was to extend your own brand yeah and a lot of people think this they think that um that sharenting is exploitative yeah right that it's it's parents who are either don't care about their child you know i think it can be i I feel really bad in the world if there's a parent that deliberately is exploiting their child for social media and i'm sure they're out there and i see i don't mean it in the sense of like where they don't care obviously but that there is there are gradations to how far they will go yeah. in order to essentially use their child as a prop in order to extend their own whatever it is they're desiring to achieve on their own. Yeah, but how behavior. deliberate is that is the question, right? Like how deliberate is it? Is it just because a child is an extension of my identity because I'm a parent? So by definition, my my identity includes knowledge that there's a child accompanying me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a father. Um, that means that there's a kid somewhere in the world around me, right? That I'm that's part of my identity um, but what we saw in the pictures was that a lot of the images didn't focus on the child it didn't focus on it it turned around and focused a lot on who I am as a parent what I can do what I'm capable of how strong I am um, where I am some of it was just where I am and the child was more or less the equivalent of a purse that I have that I'm carrying over my shoulder, but I have the kids sitting on my hip, and it's it's more about me. Um, but in saying that, I mean, there's plenty that talk about their children, but there is this um, this idea that yeah, it is exploit. It's an exploitation of children, is what we think of when we think of sharing and because they don't get to create their own identity, they don't have a say in it. But what we discovered is that a lot of times it's not deliberate. It's just parents saying, "Hey, this is who I am," but because of who I am, I have to show you that mm-hmm. my child's here, that I'm a part of that. So how do you look at that, Chanel? Like when you have your own children or 
first child, have you thought about, I mean, I'm not saying you're saying like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with my baby when yeah. I have it, but like, do you think you're going to change at all in that regard? Or do you think it's more like this baby of mine will become an extension of who I've always been? Um, for me personally, I think probably that I've noticed though, it's, it's kind of, and maybe it's because I'm part of this millennial generation where it's like social media for them was never as big. And so what I've noticed, I guess, with my friends that have gotten married and have children, it's like, I used to see them on social media. Now I just see their children on social Mm -hmm. media. So it's like, I don't even hardly see their face. I just see their children's face all the time. So their whole social media has become about their children. Which not, actually goes against what Steve's saying. Well, and it kind of extends it. It's like my child is me now because they disappear from it, right? Yeah. So it's still my account and it's my identity, but my child is the definition of right. me now. So it's like, and for whatever reason, they don't want to show their own lives anymore. They're still wanting to be active in social media mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So they're showing their children lives instead. Um, and I actually have a specific, specific friend that I'm thinking of that I'm like, you only ever post with your kids and you're never in, in any of the pictures, but I want to see you and what you're doing too. Um, and I don't know exactly the psychology behind why that happens to parents, but I'm actually thinking of this one Instagram mom in particular that I don't know personally, but she's just one of those people that's famous that everybody follows. And she has a couple special needs children. Um, and she will post more of one of the, one of her girls and not the other one of the girls. And then I noticed, um, one time she did kind of a thread about how people have been noticing she hasn't been posting about her other special needs child. And they were giving her kind of flack, like, oh, do you not like your other child? Or is she more of a problem? Or like, what's wrong with the other one? Why don't you show her and you show this other one? So then... It became like, you know, now she has to kind of up her game with this other child so that people don't think she doesn't like this child, mm-hmm. right? So it's... Which, which I think is fascinating, too. And we were talking about this a little bit um, earlier this afternoon, um, is that a lot... There's this push on social media about... about my niece? Yeah, 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 about my niece, too, about... So when my niece started doing it, people would say, oh, yeah, that's, well, that's not real. And so she posts something that was real, and they're like, okay, well, you can lift, but can you actually run? And so then she... She posts something of that. And so she was letting her audience kind of dictate who she was and what her brand was. Rather, like your friend, it's like, oh, I don't show my daughter, my other daughter enough. Rather than being like, well, this is why. Let me think through why I don't. And let me express why I don't. And let me maintain the brand that I am and that I want to be. Unless it was just an oversight. And she's like, oh, no, when I go through, I realize I don't represent my other child. Maybe I don't love my other child or something. Well, doesn't it have to be to some degree? It has to be... um what's the word I don't know what the word is but there's got to be like some sort of back and forth there where the audience feels like they have their participators in what you do in order for you to get the attention you're essentially looking for right so they feel some ownership and what you get to post or what you have to post which becomes weird when you're talking about promotional content and influencers then because if I choose to promote a brand like especially in charenting, like if I show a picture of me playing in the kitchen sink with Dawn soap sitting there, um, and I'm having a fun Saturday morning playing in the sink with a sink full of soap with my kids or whatever that is, um, and it's obviously promotional, but but I'm including my kids. Like, how do people feel about that? Like, how do they um, do they feel like you violated? Like they're part ownership owner in this, and you're just promoting brands to them, which which gets into more research that I've done in the past too, but it's it's just this idea that should they feel entitled? Does an audience, should a t- an audience feel entitled to to my production in social media? I think if you are catering to an audience, then there is some entitlement there, right? Well, I mean, I've looked at it, this is an extension of what we're talking about, as when you're in the celebrity spotlight, you don't have the luxury of a private life as much as an average person. And by that I mean people are investing their time and sometimes even money in who you are. Yeah, right? sure. And that's one thing that I never liked about Tiger Woods. Pre-debacle with his wife and all that stuff with the car accident and everything. Because he was so quiet and kept to himself and he'd like never do interviews that to me it felt like he was very dismissive of his audience 
that he didn't care about them at all. And in my mind, now not everybody's this way, but in my mind, it's like if you're going to be in that spotlight, I feel like you kind of owe it to your fans and your supporters to shed a little bit of light on who you are as a person. That doesn't mean you have to show your family. I'm not saying he should have like had his kids and wife around all the time. I just mean like open up to us, like give us something, like talk to us, let us know that like maybe you care about the support you're getting or whatever else. Um, and I, I don't think there's any exception for social media in that regard, that if you're going to be essentially a social media influencer, then you better be willing to let people in to like kind of take the curtain back a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a basic tenet of, of mass communication feedback, right? Like if I'm publishing a newspaper, doing a TV show, um, if, if my readership goes down or, or people don't like something that I produce, they let me know and I have the choice. Oh, is that enough of my audience that I need to make an adjustment or I need to include more humor or, mm-hmm. um, I need to be more salacious in what I, what, what I'm, um, what I'm reporting or whatever it might be. Um, the, I think there is, that's just part of the natural cycle and deciding how I do that. I think it's interesting with Sharenting though, because with Sharenting, um, you're creating an identity for someone else. Like that person doesn't have, especially as a little child, like they don't have the opportunity to say, hey, this is my identity. So when they turn 13 or 14 and 14 years or whatever, um, they already have an identity that's been created. We all got to create our identities on social media, right? I got Mm -hmm. to say who I wanted to be and what I want to do. And I'm not saying that, I'm not making a judgment on this because I have plenty of posts that are of my children and as they've been growing up, as I look back, I mean, that's what kind of pushed my research, though, is I looked back at mine. I was like, really, though, I'm saying as much about myself and my identity development as a parent um, and as an individual that whose identity includes a child um, as I am about the child. But Yeah. Um, Chanel, do you like being kind of involved or not involved necessarily, but at least a witness of some of the things that happen in their personal life? Now, granted, you don't really know for sure what's personal and what's not, what's mm-hmm. real and what's fake. But what is your, in terms of having a relationship with the people you follow, your influencers, is is there something to there that you feel like they owe you something in terms of showing who they are? I mean, I think for me personally, the more they feel like a real person, the more you, um, you'll sympathize with them or the more that you might like. I mean, you, you tend to like people that seem like they're real. Like when we talk about our favorite actors, you're like, oh, I like him because he seems like a real person or he seems more down to earth. Authenticity. Yeah, something like that. And so I think you do tend to lean towards those types of influencers, the ones that seem more real. So, yeah, I guess part of that would be seeing more of their quote-unquote real life versus like, somebody like kim kardashian who it's like everybody uses her as kind of the she's a punchline yeah she's a punchline she's not really a somebody you want to maybe emulate or yeah. be like hmm. all right well kind of in closing here which this has gone by fast um what social media platforms are you on do you use um i use Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Strava. Yeah, Strava doesn't count. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, it totally counts. Twitter? Uh, I don't actually just won a Twitter contest, but... <laughs> what, what, you, what contest you won? It was for work. We had a, just like a Twitter contest and whoever commented and just out of like a random selection whoever commented on the post would you'd randomly get picked and would be get a prize for it but that was kind of a one-off but i do i still have a twitter i don't probably use it as much as the other ones though Hmm. i used to use it in high school more all right if you could only use one of those which one do you use instagram for sure Really? So TikTok's gone, Facebook is gone. Oh, yeah. So the most value you get, and this is like, you didn't even have to think twice about this. The most value you get is from Instagram. Now yes. i got to know why, and what is that value? Well, I always tell people, because I swear I had a guy that dated me once that gave me a crap for like posting as much as I did on Instagram at the time. And I would just say, because I even have, you know, because you have those apps that you can see who unfollows you. I used to have one of those, yeah. and I, I'm embarrassed to admit that, but 
I couldn't believe it. Like it, the reason why I deleted it was because it did me no good. It honestly only caused like drama. And not that I would ever confront anybody and be like, "Why'd you unfollow me?" But it was kind of like it was never a good thing. I'd always like if I ever pulled up the app, which I it's not like I looked at that daily, but it'd be like once every few weeks, and be like, "Oh, oh yeah, there's this app." Pull it up and then be like, see that somebody unfollowed me that I still follow that I still thought I was friends with, and I'd be like. I do like and it was just like weighing on me in a way where I'm like what is happening and I'm like this is so unhealthy that was the point where I was like I'd much rather just follow this person assuming they're following me back and that there's nothing weird going on in our relationship and I so I deleted the app and I haven't been on back maybe it's just like a self-confidence thing you should work on yeah, maybe, but we're not just here to talk to Just let him go. Dude, just let him go. Just we're here to investigate go. you and your issues. I just actually, so the funny thing about me, and I don't know if other people are like this, but I truly have an Instagram because I like to be, see what people are up to, and I like to be in the know. And I think specifically for people that I do know, because I grew up in a different state, and so a lot of the people that I grew up with, I never see, never talk Mm -hmm. to, but I still want to follow along with their lives. Like, I still want to know what they're up to and what they're doing and like their pictures. And I'll even comment on things for people that I went to high school with that I haven't seen in 10 years just because I feel like making a comment on their life. Mm -hmm. And I like that aspect so much that even when I look at the app and I see who unfollows me, even if it's somebody I know, like... I still have to follow them because I still want to know what they're doing. It doesn't change that so I want to know. So why do you have the app? Why do you care? I don't know. Just because it's like a, a data that I can look at to see what's going on. Well, if you I go back like, like you go back like twenty years, like you moved away from somebody, like you didn't know anything about their lives yeah. anymore, right? And that was an obsession for me when I first got into Facebook. Was like, who's where's this person? Oh, what have they been up to? Are they on Facebook now too? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yours is more like the boomer Gen X approach. Yeah, Gen so, Y, Gen, yeah. Are yeah, you Gen X or Gen Y? I, I'm in the middle, and this is a long debate, but like, I was born in 81, so I'm like... Or not, I wouldn't be Gen Y, wouldn't it be well, millennial? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm technically a millennial, a millennial so or Gen X. X yeah. millennial, Gen Y. So I'm right in that middle, but I think your generation is defined by what your parents' generation was really generation too, but, every yeah. other year. But no, I mean, for me, it's really about what I'm... It's more archiving for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to see what all my friends are up to, but then also, like, I like to be able to go back and what was I doing 10 years ago now that we have enough social media data that we've all created here as well. So. Which I don't think about it like that as an archiving thing. Like a it's, diary or something? It's or? mostly just I want to know what people are up to. Yeah. And I... And I like the fact that I don't have to jump on a phone call, but I yeah. can still know what somebody is doing. Yep. I can still see what they're up to and... And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I'll go to, like, a social gathering where I haven't seen somebody in a while, and I'm like, I could tell you about what you've been doing, or we can talk about what you've been doing because I know what you've been doing. And even for me, when people like that, they're like, oh, I saw whatever your family was doing this summer. It's so cool. It's it's an easy way for me to um, approach communication with that person because I'm like, I haven't seen that person in so long, but we have something to talk about because I saw what you were doing and saw what my family was doing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I do. I use it a lot for a diary. I mean, that's what um, Instagram and even I use Letterboxd quite a bit. Um, and it's it's a diary of what I've done because I don't write in diaries. And that hit me the other day as I was talking. We were talking about whether we should write diaries or have some records of our lives. And um, and with a church youth group, even we were talking about this. And they um, and they're like, well, no, I need to get better at writing my journal. And so we started talking about all the different journaling they actually do. And I was like, well, the, your social media, the way you use it, a lot of that becomes a record of who you are and what you do. And it is a journal to mm-hmm. some extent. But. All right. Two things that I can think of kind of before we close it out. Um, I don't think you really answered my question initially. The, like, why Instagram? Like, what's the most – you obviously get value from it. And then you start talking about that app that tells you which people unfollow you. But Oh, mostly because it's the one that I can relate to the most as far as other people that are on it. When you say relate to, what do you mean? Like people that I know are using it versus TikTok. Nobody technically know uses it. But why not Facebook, right? Because there's a lot of relatability. Oh, because I like to say Facebook is for the moms. And when I say that, I mean... So if you were a mom, maybe it'd be Facebook and I No, I mean that as like my mom. Like baby boomers. Like TikTok, Mm -hmm. or sorry, Facebook went to the baby boomers. And I do. Like when I put stuff on Instagram, I'll push it to Facebook um, no offense to him, but so for the boomers who I'm friends yes. with that I know want to see yeah. the, the aunts and uncles, the grandparents and stuff, um, the older neighbors that want to see what my kids are up to, I'll yeah. push it to Facebook so they can see it. I literally have two, it's like two uh, demographics. I have 
Instagram, all my mostly millennial friends. And then I have Facebook that's like 45 and up. You know? Yeah, I get that, actually. I get that. See, for me, it'd be Twitter. And I don't even like Twitter. But Twitter is so informative. And obviously, that's important to me. Yeah, but informative towards your interests. Absolutely. But they could be informative towards anyone's interests, I guess, right? Because it's not that that they only have politics and sports. But is Twitter... I mean, this might be a conversation for another podcast. But is Twitter, like, really... Is that more just your um, online news source? Or is yeah. it really a social yeah. media yeah. engagement? Yeah. Yeah, it just lets me know, like, kind of what's going on. It's current events. Like, that's what I've been saying. I mean, no, I know there is social media engagement on Twitter, but that's not what most yeah, people Yeah, well, I don't do it for that. Media. I mean, I like to tweet for fun here and there, He right? thinks he's pretty clever. <laughs> am I clever? <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. Am I pretty clever? Sometimes. Yeah, there it is. There, you're more clever than... You're more clever strong than your selfie game strong. All right, that's a low mm-hmm. bar, but okay. Um, all right, and then the last so thing that wasn't a compliment, though, was it? No, it was no. backhanded. Okay. All right, okay, go ahead. Also, okay, so we never we never circled back to the main point of like missionaries and TikTok. I thought that was going to be a thing. Oh, did you want to circle back? We could do that. Um, I hate them, and I wish they'd go away. <laughs> what else did you want to talk about? I'm gonna. I'm going to say I don't understand it totally because I don't know the audience that they're like, because it's going to be a very Gen Z audience. And is that like, how much are they really picking up off of that group? Fair question. But also, do they know what it is? Like, and this, this is something that's always made me curious is even influencers in general, do they really understand the strategy, um, the promotional strategy and the, the theory that goes into actually making that what it could be or are they just putting stuff out there because they like to sing and they like to dance and so they're like oh i'll just attach this and maybe it'll connect to missionary work or um somebody's paying me a lot of money to put this product into my instagram feed and uh and i don't really understand how to harness that to grow my audience or help people um with their health or whatever it might be that i have my objectives it's more that i just do it because that's who i am or is it the part that because this you have to admit this only became a thing since covid right did it become that all the traditional methods weren't allowed to be used so now they just went off non-traditional off the grid that doesn't that seems too experimental for the church to do something like that like i Mm. i can't imagine they'd say like let's just try this and see how it goes i think they'd really want to know what they were doing before they i think it's more just kind of a lack of monetization and and not clarity and kind of what's allowed and what's not. That's what I think. Although there's not, I haven't seen anything inappropriate from a missionary on there. No, I did hear the other day though. This was something that somebody posted. They just they, it's their first missionary. Their oldest went out just barely, and like they were on Facebook Messenger or something like that, and they got like some sort of. DM, I think, and it ended up being pornographic blackmail or something like that. Like I, I can't remember. Like they, they, like took a screenshot of that missionary. I mean, it wasn't. Here's the thing: that the missionary wasn't even doing anything bad. It was like they just sent him a DM, and they opened the DM, and the DM might have pornography in it or something like that, and not really knowing what that is. Um, and then. I guess they could see that on the other side, send a screenshot, attach a name to it, and then say, if you don't give us this, then we'll uh, show everybody. Mm-hmm. Where the missionary was just trying to, like, oh, there might be somebody interested in Yeah, like, who knows what I the premise was exactly. To... But they do even have rules against that, I think. But hmm. definitely uh, going to be more and more interesting. I just... Well, and I think, I think this whole TikTok generation... Um, so my wife teaches in, at the middle school level. And it's, I mean, you say you, you're the one of all your friends who, who has a TikTok account. Maybe there's a couple people out there, but 90%, 90% of the kids in my wife's middle school probably have a TikTok account. And when they have a break or when their teachers allow them to use their phones or something, like it's the number one social media platform that kids under 14 are using. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a huge shift. Uh, and we have to understand how to harness that for, for helping kids, um, but also for educating and helping 
helping the, yeah. the industries too. Well, and I will say too, like for me, even like I said, I'm not here because I'm any like TikTok famous. I'm here just because I'm the only user of our friends that I think Harper knew of to ask. <laughs> but well, you came to the defense of those missionaries because I was going after them, and you were like, "Wait, that's not fair." Well, yeah, but I always. Yeah. You're just trying to stir the pot. No, not true. I think it's not fair. I think you don't understand TikTok enough to like say it's not fair, first of all. I didn't say it wasn't or, fair. Sorry, was you don't you don't have a you don't understand enough about TikTok to say that's stupid. But now I'm off on a different tangent. No, but I understand, I understand enough about missionaries and dancing and posting things out there on social media. <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna say. I was I was gonna say that for me it's like TikTok is very um I use it for very minimal amount of things versus Instagram. I use it for a lot more things. Like, it's more versatile for me. Um, so even I'm a little bit separated from that generation that is only using TikTok. Hmm. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. You guys got anything else? You want to share? Any last minute? Anything you want to plug or promote? You want to promote your TikTok handle, Chanel? <laughs> no, thank you. Why not? But I would like to say you're still wrong, Harper. About what? About whatever points that you get. I just have to say that, like, I won whatever argument was presented. That sounds sounds very strong argument. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, she's finally come back and like, yeah, um, defended herself. Maybe once again, you've proven my point <laughs> that you can't even pinpoint. Where I was wrong. <laughs> uh, no, once again, you brought up an argument that you are very biased about, but it's fine. Oh, I know I'm biased. Like, I'm coming from a a curmudgeon millennial standpoint. I mean, what's we're seeing self-indulgence just... I mean, it's taking off. It's like a vertical takeoff almost. And I'm not even saying... I don't even blame the generation, per se, in a lot of ways. And I think that's manifest never more than with athletes coming out of high school who post their highlight videos put how many stars they have in their bio put how many like who's offering them a scholarship wherever mm-hmm. as cringy as that can be to see because that's what you're literally seeing is just all this self-indulgence from these kids that's the world they grew up in where it was like not just acceptable but even necessary to put all their stuff out there in order for colleges to take interest and so I don't really blame them that is really kind of the the the, that sets the tone i mean that's what's the word i'm looking for that's kind of the um the blueprint for the world we live in now and and these kids have grown up with that i mean yeah but unfortunately if you look at it retrospectively um through all the research that keeps coming out the number one predictor of a way a child uses social media is the way their parent uses social media. Which makes sense, along with those sharenting that you're talking yeah. about, right? So it's the way a parent the way a parent uses their own social media, a way the parent allows them to use social media, a way a parent introduces them to social media. I mean, anything else you put, peers, education, personal development, um, consumer development, all those things you can put in the basket. And the number one thing that's going to influence the way, and so that's why you say that we're becoming more and more self-indulgent but we can't really become critical of those people, like you said, because really to be critical of those people, we have to be uber critical of the people that raise them. Mm, which would be critiquing ourselves. Right. Yeah. Full circle. Boom. Full circle. Mic drop. <laughs> Don't drop it. <laughs> okay. All right. Chanel, you got anything else to sign off on, or are we just going to let Steve have that? No, I think that's great. I will say that my kids will probably all be TikTok kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, if you, if you let them, right? If we if we just put the media in their hands and just let them discover it on their own, the way we discovered it on our own, but we forget that we were adults when we were exploring it and discovering it on our own, and we put phones in fifth grader and sixth graders' hands all day long and let them figure yeah. out. Who and they I mean, are truthfully, it's very fascinating to get on TikTok and scroll through these TikTok famous people that are like 15, 16 year olds. And you're like, what are you doing that is, like, what is, what are you even, how are you, like, what are you doing? Why can't people stop watching you? Yeah. Because it's just like. But as parents, we put those same kids in front of YouTube videos of little kids that would just cycle through for hours watching them watch other little kids play with their toys or open gifts or whatever it might be. That is disturbing. Hours, hours and hours. So if a child watches that for hours and hours on YouTube, 
when you finally give them a phone, oh, I'm going to teach people how to do their hair and their makeup, and I'm going to turn around and do the same thing. Yeah. Crazy. All right. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining, per usual. Y'all are gems. And I cannot think of a more uh, polarizing two guests to bring on my podcast. I love it. Sweet. One that uh, loves TikTok and has her a following of TikTok, and another that just researches it and doesn't know what it means. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. Sure. Yeah. All right. Y'all are great. We'll wrap it up. This is where you guys say thank you. Oh, oh thanks. Thanks, yeah, Harper. It's, this, yeah. it's been so fun to be here. I've been with waiting you, for and, months. Oh, stop. You just it. call me back. Oh, I mean, you just. Please, pre, please. Can't even say please. Bring me on a fourth time. You guys are. I need a third. Can you publish the ones we've done that you haven't? <laughs> no, that's the fault. No. All right. <laughs> oh, love. I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley. And a rhythm in the night. Because I could almost see it. Did you fade right? takes time